So what now for far-right extremism in the wake of the Trump defeat and the Biden ascendancy to the presidency? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by the Pembroke Lumber Kings. You've seen me wear this hat quite a bit. This is a hockey team in the Ottawa Valley. Great name for a team, the Lumber Kings, which reflects the very long-standing lumber industry in this part of Canada. Well, we're now on January the 22nd. Joe Biden has been officially uh, assumed the role of president of the United States. I don't know if you watched the inauguration on January the 20th. I certainly did. And as a Canadian, I must say, I was surprisingly a little bit emotional about the ceremony and what he had to say. It was a pretty boilerplate presidential inauguration speech, sure. But I think for me and a lot of people, it was, uh, thank God, Trump is no longer president. And we're really hoping for a return to the United States that we all knew. Uh, not a perfect union by any stretch of the imagination, but definitely a, a very close friend and ally of, of Canada, not to mention our southern neighbor. And I think most people saw that the United States under President Trump uh, went in a direction no one wanted. The abandonment of international institutions, the lies, the fabrications, the conspiracies, all that stuff's behind us. Uh, thank God, and we can move forward. Although Biden has a huge inbox, I imagine, that he has to take care of. Not just undoing four years of the disaster that was Trump, but the challenges that are, you know, the COVID challenge, the economic challenge, et cetera, et cetera. What I want to weigh in on today is, you know, sort of what's going to happen now to what we call right-wing extremism, far-right, uh, white nationalism, white supremacy, neo-Nazis, some would throw QAnon conspiracy theorists in that, where does, did these bunch of guys go in the wake of the Trump departure from the White House? It's no question, there's no doubt that Trump was one of their big supporters. In fact, I think many in this movement, I use the term movement very, very loosely. It's not a movement, it's a, it's a series of movements. They saw Trump as their hero. They saw him as the man that was going to lead them to the promised land, whatever the promised land looks like if you're a far-right extremist. Now that Trump's gone, some interesting reactions by people on the far right. And let me just sort of go through a couple. These are stories that came across just this morning in a variety of, of media sources. Uh, there's a QAnon supporter in Quebec who basically uh, has written on a, a French language discussion board in that province. Uh, what happens next? He says, I believe my friends call me, tell me I'm crazy, but they are too impatient. Uh, and there are other QAnon people who are sort of saying, well, wait now, um, the Q told us that all these things were going to happen. A big riot. We would take back the election that was stolen. Donald Trump would, as I said, lead us to whatever society we want to build. And it turns out that the Q, whoever this guy is, some high-ranked military advisor with a Q-level security clearance. By the way, as somebody who worked in security intelligence for 32 years in Canada, I don't think there's a Q-level security clearance. I never heard of it. Now, surely there's need to know there's compartmentalized security when you work in this world, but I don't think there's such a thing as a Q, a Q security clearance. Anyway, that's just me. It turns out that virtually everything that the Q said over the past, I don't know, was it 2018 that he came about, has not happened. Every prediction he's made is wrong. So there's all kinds of people saying, well, hey, um, why is it that nothing has, has actually taken place? When is the great... Awakening going to occur. 
why is the Q, you know, why is he wrong? In fact, he hasn't made any any predictions from from what I gather since December, and so people are really kind of wondering, like, like what's going on here? Now, there's been some reporting as well that uh, some right wing groups are going to recruit those who were part of the Q conspiracy. That would be an interesting development to follow. We'll see if that kind of happens. The other interesting thing that's happened, of course, in the wake of the uh, Trump's departure from the White House is that the Proud Boys, now you've heard me talk about the Proud Boys here in Canada, the Proud Boys are abandoning Trump. They called him a shill. They called him extraordinarily weak in a variety of discussion forums. So there's dissent. There's disappointment. There's probably a sense of failure. There's a sense that maybe they're not going to be, they're on the cusp of victory with whatever it is they want to turn our societies into. So I asked the question, what's going to happen to the far right now that Biden's president and Trump is on the ash heap of history? Full disclosure, I have no idea because my crystal ball is in the shop right now being repaired. But there's just some thoughts I'd like to share with you. First and foremost, it is my opinion that over the past couple weeks and months, a lot of the, the writing, the analysis, the op-ed pieces, etc., etc., that I've come across on social media when it comes to the far right strike me as what I'm going to call the bandwagon effect. A lot of people that weigh in on this, from what I can gather, have not looked at the far right for long periods of time. They're basically jumping on the bandwagon because it's the soup du jour. It's the topic of the day. It seems that in many forums, that everything, or the only thing that people want to talk about is far right this and far right that. Nobody cares about Islamist extremism anymore. In fact, I've seen references that ISIS is you know, no longer a priority for certain, certain uh, organizations and militaries. Ah, wrong. Mistake. Don't go there. But... We're in an era now where other people are tired of talking about Islamist extremism or because they're woke culture and we can't use the word Islamist and extremism in the same sentence that they want to talk about the far right. So everybody is writing about it. Everybody's weighing in on it. And I've seen some very almost apocalyptic analyses that, you know, the far right is on the verge of destroying the world as we know it. Someone even called for, you know, a war on terror against the far right. Like you would have thought that the war on terror wasn't a bad idea in the first place. Now, there are some very, very good people that talk about the far right and the best person by far in Canada. And as far as I'm concerned, the only real person you should be looking at if you're a Canadian is Barbara Perry from Ontario Tech University. And she's been on my podcast a couple of times. Barbara's been looking at the far right for a very long time. She knows her shit. And so she's the person that I would go to. That's number one. The second thing that I, I sort of I want to I want to focus on right now is the far right didn't get invented yesterday. So for those who just discovered it on January the 6th, or discovered it when Trump became president. The far right's been around since, oh, I don't know, the Civil War? Remember the Ku Klux Klan, the KKK? That's a far right group. And they were born out of the ashes of the South's defeat in the American Civil War in the 1860s. Yes, this is a very long-standing movement. Whether it's white supremacists or white nationalists or neo-Nazis, they have been a scourge on society for decades, for well over a century. And I just am getting tired of people talking about the rise of the far right. Now, the far right has always been there. It's been a rather ineffective actor in most countries. It's not to say it's not potentially dangerous. It's potentially very dangerous. And yes, there have been catastrophic acts of terrorism carried out by what we could 
reliably call the far right. Think of the mosque attack in New Zealand a couple years ago. Think of Anders Breivik in Norway in 2011. Think Alexandre Bissonnette in a mosque in Quebec City in January of 2017. Yeah, these are far-right terrorists. Absolutely. I've always maintained that, yes, there is a terrorist element to the far-right. So where is it going to go now? Is it going to grow? Is it going to decrease? Is it going to disappear? Well, I think the last one is categorically false. They're not going to disappear. Why would they? They've been around for 150 years. not going to go away tomorrow. But it is a legitimate question to ask, and I'm going to bring Barbara Perry back into this conversation in a second. Can the far-right continue to expand its influence, its membership, and in the worst-case scenario, its actual acts of violence, which we would call terrorism, without a charismatic figure to lead it? Now, Barb talked to me about this in my last Quick Hits podcast on the far right when we looked at, you know, why isn't the far right nearly as large in Canada as it was, is it, is it was and maybe still is in the United States. And, and she talked about the fact that Donald Trump, he was the oil. Now, oil is used to grease things. It's used to, to bring things together. It's used to make things stick together. With Donald Trump gone, the oil is gone. And there is no one single charismatic figure that is, has replaced him yet. Not to say there isn't going to be one. There certainly can. But for the meantime, it seems that the far right is without that person they look up to. Donald Trump was their savior. He was well with a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, stand by. You know, let's go and, and, and take the capital and, and prove the election was stolen. Let's take back democracy for those who really deserve it, i.e. white people. So watch this space. I also want to caution, though, that strong leadership is not neither sufficient nor necessary for a terrorist group to thrive. We've seen Al-Qaeda in the aftermath of bin Laden's death. He's been dead for almost a decade, and he's been the group's leadership has been assumed by Ahmed al-Zawahiri, who has the personality of a doorknob, and yet Al-Qaeda is thriving. Islamic State has survived the death of Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, killed a couple years ago in a U.S. special ops uh, operation. ISIS is thriving. In fact, it's doing very well these days. It's carried out a massive suicide bomb in Baghdad, which they weren't known to be present in before. Therefore, you cannot say that the lack of a leader for the far right is going to necessarily be the, the, the final nail in its coffin. Furthermore, as I mentioned at the beginning, the far right is a very disparate bunch of actors. They don't all get along. They don't all cooperate. They don't all plan things together. Bottom line is that the far right has been with us for a very long time. And I hate to tell you this, I hate to sound pessimistic, but the far right will be with us for a very, very long time. Will it grow? I don't know. Will it will it decrease? I don't know. Right now, it seems to be on its back foot because of the events in Washington. Let's hope that continues. Let's hope that they continue to uh, see themselves as having failed. Although people who, you know, uh, are convinced that they've, they've screwed up often will lash out in one, one last spasm of violence. We've certainly seen that in history. I just want to, you know, put it out there that, you know, the far right, did not pose as a great a threat as it, people say it did. Certainly on January the 20th, there was a, all these predictions of lots of things happening on the inauguration. Diddly squad happened. Not one single U.S. capital was seized or attacked. And the FBI had warned that all 50 state capitals were, were threatened. Nothing happened at the Capitol in Washington on the inauguration day. So a lot of people who you know jumped on the bandwagon you know, might feel a little bit sheepish nowadays. Yes, it could get worse. Yes, we will see more attacks by the far right. Yes, we'll see more rhetoric by the far right. Yes, we'll see more propaganda by the far right. But 
A, it's not an existential threat, so stop using no terms, those terms. B, please stop calling for a war on terrorism against the far right. Our security services and law enforcement agencies will have to continue to monitor it, to keep an eye on these guys, to figure out which actors are going to talk the talk rather than just walk the walk. And I'm sure, I'm sure they will be in a position to foil most plots. But let's not do to the far right what we did to Islamist extremism post 9-11. We called it existential. We declared a war on it. Both were catastrophic mistakes which have done nothing to rid the world of Islamist extremism. Let's not go down the same road there. Anyhow, that's what I think about the far right. What do you think? Before I leave you, I have to, of course, give you the Hardy Boys Guide to Life Wisdom. This one comes from Footprints Under the Window. You should always keep up-to-date passports and health certificates on hand. You never know when a case will require you to go to a foreign land on a moment's notice. Very good advice for those of you in counterterrorism and counterintelligence. In the case your investigation takes you out of your homeland, make sure your passports and your health certificates are up-to-date. What do you think? Do you agree with me? What do you th- where do you think the far rate's going to go? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You can also find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like this content, you want to get more, go to the website borealisthreatrisk.com, hit the subscribe button, provide your email address, you'll get a free daily digest to your inbox every morning, all the podcasts, all the blogs, all the media interviews, as well as material that only subscribers get. So you can see you're part of a special club. I'll even, give you, I'll even give you a secret decoder ring at some point. Anyhow, I'd love to hear from you. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.